Welcome to Game and Watch, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we've been watching. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Uh, what kind of Jim are you? I'm Earthworm Jim. Yeah, today we are talking about Earthworm Jim or Earthworm James, whichever you would prefer. Developed by Shiny Entertainment and released for Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo in 1994. How did this come about? <laughs> I, I feel like it was my idea, but I don't remember why exactly. Well, um, that's a really good question. I don't remember either. <laughs> I think maybe the universe just like incepted into our minds that yeah. we needed to play Earthworm Jim. I could go back and listen to I think we might have like thought of it dynamically during recording of another episode, but I'm not going to go back and listen to find I'm out. not even going who even knows why we do half the things that we do. And what a great segue that I just set up for myself, uh, because Earthworm Jim is a game that is maybe doesn't know what it's doing to a degree, but I think that's kind of the point. Oh, bold, bold claim, but go on. <laughs> Well, it sounds, you know, maybe you should say your history with this game first, because it sounds like you've got some thoughts bubbling up that you need to need to get out. Um, I well, I will say my history with this game is not super extensive. I do remember I rented Earthworm Jim one and two when they came out um, for the Genesis, uh, which was the system I had. Uh, I remember playing a lot of these and we'll kind of we can have a corner about it in a bit, but like mascot you know platforming games of the 90s so you know it started with mario but then we got things like sonic we got things like earthworm jim uh arrow the acrobat um like rock the legend of the gobos although i guess that was a little let's, bit later. let's do the corner now let's let's, let's do it yeah. we're already talking about it so cool spot. like cool oh my god i played cool spot for the sure same, the same guy some of the same guys who worked on earthworm jim worked on cool spot well that explains a lot um because we'll spot it well i'll save it for later but uh <laughs> this era was a time when and i think the impetus for it i was thinking about uh this as i drove home from work today but i think uh mario and nintendo often benefit from coming first and what i mean by that is if you think about super mario world which was like launched with a super nintendo yeah that is like the er platformer for the super nintendo right like there's mm -hmm. very little argument about that um, but because Nintendo came first, it inspired a million pretenders that could never live up to be as good as Super Mario World was. And that arguably continued, maybe not to this day. I think it definitely it continued still. well into the Nintendo 64 era. Absolutely. Because, um, again, same pattern. We got Super Mario 64 and then we got a string of like really subpar pretenders for the most part. And some of those pretenders lingered on, like a lot of them just come and go, right? And some of them didn't even appear until like the N64 era and tried to basically copy what Mario 64 did and then also what Banjo-Kazooie did. Yeah, platform exactly. era. But Earthworm Jim 3D, as I'll mention, that was a game for the Nintendo 64. Not a lot of people remember it because not a lot of people played it for uh, good reason. Not, yeah, not surprisingly, but... I guess we should explain by mascot platformer, we mean um, like a platforming game where there's like basically a Saturday morning cartoon mascot that you're playing as. Uh, and a lot of these games did try to like cross over and have cartoons or have like other products. Um, but again, none of them really stuck around. But not necessarily even a Saturday morning cartoon. It could be, you know, a a mascot for seven up. Or, yeah, the, it could be literally the dot that's in 7-Up. 
Yeah. It could be that. It could yep. be Chester Cheeto. He got his own game. Was the Noid ever in a video game? The Noid wasn't a game, but the Noid was okay. in like an 80s NES game. So I don't think it counts. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was my history with Earthworm Jim. I remember playing it. I remember it being around. But honestly, like until I sat down and played it again for the episode, I didn't really remember anything about it except for the design of the main character. Mm-hmm. And that just led my thoughts into like this slew of mascot platforming mascots and really kind of subpar games we got during this era. Gotcha. My history is a little bit more extensive. I first played this game for Windows. We had the Earthworm Jim 1 and 2 collection there's like the pc port uh called the whole can of worms oh and i will say i was very into earthworm jim mainly the toys and the tv show and i'll i'll talk about the tv show i suppose a little bit more um yeah i don't really have any experience with the tv show okay so i guess i'll just talk about it now and then i'll just briefly mention it again later when i, I kind of have a like a section on all the different the earthworm gym universe but and this kind of goes a little bit into the development of the game but essentially earthworm gym was created for the purpose of toys and a tv show but they decided to just kind of launch the 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 idea of earthworm gym with the video game which was kind of an odd idea like the ip i guess yeah exactly yeah yeah but the, the intent was always to create like a franchise and I, I just think that the Earthworm Jim cartoon is kind of like a perfect example of Saturday morning cartoons. It, you know, it was mid 90s. And I, I frankly think it's great. My brothers and I still quote it. I mean, it's great for like what it was. Like you go back sure. and watch it now and it's like, I, I still enjoy it. But obviously it's something that you enjoy more when you're a kid. Well, you're wearing this. You're wearing your nostalgia goggles when you look back now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I wear my nostalgia goggles when it comes to like Earthworm Jim in general. But those are not those goggles are not going to prevent me from being objective about this game. Trust me. Oh, yeah, I, I trust you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed this game a lot when I first played it. And I realized through playing through this time that I don't think I ever completed Earthworm Jim one or two in that collection honestly not surprising based on the game but we'll talk about it yeah um because this is as we've kind of touched on with a lot of these older games it's a hard ass game and yeah yeah frustrating and i by, by that i mean like not it's not hard in the sense that like dark souls is hard or like sekiro where general in like or hollow knight where you're like dying because maybe you haven't mastered the combat you're dying in this game because you're more on this in a bit but like you're missing jumps because you don't know what's a platform and what's not or the whole game's bullshit i well i think the main difference is um like when you fail in hollow knight it's it's the game is working with you like when all the system wants you to get better it wants you to get better earthworm jim you are fighting it tooth and nail it feels like oh it is antagonistic i i would say not entirely to the same degree as echo the dolphin um but all and also mercifully way shorter of a game than echo the dolphin yes mercifully (laughs) um but i so i i really 
have a nostalgia for the show and the, and the action figures. I had a bunch of the action figures. Unfortunately, I like they're gone now or like lost, but there was like a, a kind of like a reboot in the action figures, maybe like 10, 12 years ago. And I bought myself another earthworm gym figurine that I, that I still have. I nice. still kind of long for the original. I maybe I'll pay the cash to actually get that action figure again. But anyway, I was just really into its kooky, wacky aesthetic. It is okay. Those are two things. It very much is kooky and wacky. Yeah, um, and, there's and no it, doubt about that. It and it's and I was very into that as a kid. It was right up my alley, and so the game was up my alley. And I honestly remember enjoying playing the same probably like four or five levels of Earthworm Jim one and two, because um, I sure I never made it past like level five or six in each one of the games. There aren't that many levels, but the game was I just I have a lot of fondness for it. Now, going back and playing it now, which is the first time I've gone back and I've actually played the entire thing. And I played it on Switch through the the Sega Genesis uh, Nintendo Switch Online. I uh, think it is uh, it did not age well. I'm not going to say it's like an absolute shit game. It just kind of I could like I could see why it was liked. In the past, I just think that there are certain games that hold up and certain games that really struggle to hold up. And this is in the latter category. Yeah. Um, And we'll get to the actual mechanics of why that is in a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. So as I mentioned, this was intended to be launched as like a new franchise uh, and not in the form of toys first. So Playmate Toys, who made a killing off of their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys, you probably had some of those. Oh, absolutely. My brothers definitely did. The p- the pizza van that shot out the pizzas. Oh, yeah. Oh, so good. And so they wanted to start their own franchise because 90s was a time for kids franchises. For mas- kids mascots. And maybe franchises. I'm just saying that because we grew up in the 90s. But I mean, maybe the 80s were like that, too. But A little bit. I think the 80s started it with like He-Man and such. But the mm-hmm. 90s really perfected it with, say, like Power Rangers. And- yeah. Yeah. It was a good time to be a kid. We'll just say that it was. And they were very much inspired by Sonic the Hedgehog. Oddly, uh, maybe not as much Mario, but Sonic was I mean, Sonic was was big. And I always forget that because I was such a Mario guy, even though I was very aware of Sonic. But I I always kind of forget how huge Sonic also was. Well, Sonic taught us the valuable lesson that Sega does what Nintendo don't. So, well, we'll eventually do an episode on Sega versus Nintendo. Oh, and, I can't wait. And you will probably see me take Sega and we'll, we'll probably create categories for it. I'm not going to take Sega in any of those categories. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Really <laughs> uh, um, but that's not for a lack of knowledge about Sega. I certainly have a lack of knowledge and experience relative to you for sure. But I I find I think I am well uh, experienced enough in, in Sega to make objective choices there. Oh, like yeah. Informed you're- choices. You're versed enough. I, I am. I am. Yeah. Um, so this was uh, so, yeah, inspired by Sonic. They were trying to launch this as a video game first. And this was created and designed in part by Doug Tennapple, Ten Naple. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. He is a cartoonist, animator, uh, comic book artist who also created the Nickelodeon show Cat Scratch. If you ever saw Never that, heard I, of it. No. I, I did. That was kind of like near the end of my like, I'm going to watch cartoons all the time uh, run. And then ah. I became a, a cool teen that didn't watch Cat Scratch. 
<laughs> and, then, and now you've grown into a, yeah. a cold adult man who won't watch Cats. No, I was, I was going to say I was the teen who still watched Batman the Animated Series, and I'm still the 34-year-old yeah. man who watches Batman the Animated <laughs> Series and actually like, can watch Earthworm Jim right now because my friend put it on his server. So, nice. Uh, yeah. Um, so he drew a sketch of Earthworm Jim, and Shining Entertainment bought the rights immediately. He also designed levels and voiced Jim in the game. Uh, that was kind of the extent of his involvement. Like the level... So when I say the level design, I'm not talking about the level layout necessarily, just kind of the artwork. And there's there's a very important distinction. I, for the most part, like the art of the game. I do not like the level design, the layout of the levels. So, yeah, I think the difference you're trying to identify is like the difference between like concept art versus actual level design. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what, like, layout of the levels as opposed to, like, the way they look. Yeah. Like, visually, you know? Not how they play. How they're intended to play. Like, how do you get from point A to point B? Like, that, he didn't have anything to do with that. And that's a part of the game that I think is kind of bullshit. Yeah. But it was developed for Genesis and the Super Nintendo at the exact same time. The Super Nintendo one lacks one of the levels in the Genesis. And I I read through my very half-assed research that it was because uh, it, the level was too graphic. So they took it out for the Super Nintendo. But other reports say that it was just because the Genesis could actually, like you can compress the game and fit it on a Genesis cartridge more easily than a Super Nintendo cartridge. I don't know if that's true or not. Honestly, but, I would I would believe either story. And Nintendo of America, especially at that time period, was so weird and finicky mm-hmm. about what they would and wouldn't allow in games. Yeah. Um, that, it, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be. Yeah. And so I actually forgot about this until I read about it. But there was a TV commercial for the game where this, like, old woman was telling a bedtime, bedtime story about Earthworm Jim while eating what appeared to be live worms. <laughs> which received many many complaints and was taken off the air because of that in certain areas uh they were not actual worms but they looked damn real i really just enjoy the idea that it's an old woman who needs the money and is doing this commercial and she's willing to eat worms yeah perhaps she just needs it yeah and perhaps the best thing about us doing this game is it's reminded me of like ideas and things that i want to do other episodes on that require a lot of research just, old video game commercials would oh my make gosh. a phenomenal just in episode. or old video game ads in general yes. some it's like video game when you I, I, there is just such a thrill and this is a little bit of an overlap with like our intended Nintendo Power um episode but like in general like EGM or or Nintendo Power or whatever turning the page in the 90s like for 90s games even when it got into PlayStation and Nintendo 64 and seeing like the crazy ass ads for a game you'd never heard of, or, but like look made it look amazing. Like I am not like the biggest guy, like Doom and Quake guy, but man, when I turned the page of Nintendo Power and I saw this like two page ad for Quake that looked so dark and it was so like minimalistic, and you see these gritty screenshots, I'm like, I gotta play this game. I need to play it. it it's well, the, the so other thing about ads of this era that I love is that sometimes they had absolutely nothing in any way conceivably to do with the final product. Yes. It was just to get your attention. So you'd like turn the page and the ad might be like a bloody cut of raw meat with like a serrated knife. And then at the bottom would be like Klonoa two. Oh yeah. Bust a move. (laughs) Yeah. Just like really weird shit that made no sense with the game they were trying to sell. Yep. 
it's such such a great time. The game was intended to be a satire on platforming games while also capitalizing very much off the success of the genre. Uh, an Which, example of this is Princess What's Her Name is the name of the of the of the damsel in distress, which is just kind of like a play off of like how no like at the early early days of like Nintendo and you're often trying to cap, you know, to rescue a princess or or you really didn't get much information about her other than the fact that she got herself kidnapped. Yeah, exactly. What were you going to say? Um, I don't remember, so it can't have been important. Let's okay. move right along. Uh, so yeah, as we mentioned, it was released in 1994 for Genesis and Super Nintendo. The Super Nintendo version actually has a little bit of different coloring in some levels, in addition to missing the level that I mentioned. And we'll mention what level that is uh, when we get to it. So this game is a fair amount of sequels. I mean, this this is not one of like, this is not a cool spot uh, where it just kind of existed briefly and then died. It, you know, it's been ported many times. It was ported to Game Boy and Game Gear, although not very well received on those due to technical issues. It was ported to PC, as I mentioned, which is the one that I played, Earthworm Jim 1 and 2. It was released on Sega Genesis Switch Online, which is one we played. Yeah. Kind of, But in between all those, there was like a special edition on Sega CD. It was released, uh, well, there were multiple sequels. So it was Earthworm Jim 2, which was pretty well received also. I remember liking that game more than this one, but maybe not by much again i never actually finished it yeah i can't remember i i know i played two i know i rented two as well but like i, I couldn't necessarily tell you even what the different like i'd have to go play two right now to really well you it. can because it's on super I, nintendo it switch on super nintendo one <laughs> yeah and then there's menace uh earthworm gym menace to the galaxy for game boy color i did play that as well it was not as hard as this game uh, but it was definitely a little difficult I, I enjoyed that, even though didn't get good reviews. There are a lot of games I enjoyed uh, as a kid that apparently were not very well received. While we're spitballing episode ideas, we really need to do an episode on like six to seven out of ten games because some yes. of them are real gems. We really do. I would yeah. love to do that. I mean, maybe we just maybe we come in with like a couple of ideas each and we just give our little spiels on them. Like It'd be that. awesome if we had overlap. And it'd be even more awesome if one of us had a seven out of 10 that the other person thought was like a 10 out of 10 or a nine <laughs> out of 10 or like a one out of 10. But that could easily happen. But we probably shouldn't coordinate beforehand. We should no, just like no. kind of pick random stuff. Um, and then Earthworm Jim 3D, which came out for the Nintendo 64. It was a I was actually watching like a little bit of like a long play of it earlier today. Not the whole thing. But I wanted to see if it matched what was in my memory. And in my memory, it was definitely way better. Than it actually is. It is one of those very obvious like Mario Banjo Kazooie clones, but just mm. clearly don't they don't have the same talent behind them. Is it so? Is it like kind of a collectathon platformer yes. like those games? Okay, very much so. But they try. But it's but as we'll mention. I mean, this game is not entirely just a platformer. It's like a run and gun. There's a run and gun type element to it, and that those two things don't entirely mix the 3D shooting while in a like a, a platforming environment is is kind of odd but you know there are like well, these golden any, like, otters that you need to collect like ooh stars or jiggies you know it's yeah. you know one of those many many clones well without like a z targeting system that would be really difficult to pull off and, and i don't like think it has one yeah, yeah. exactly and so there's a remake uh, called Earthworm Jim HD was released for the DS and then later for the Xbox 360 and PS3. It added four player co-op online multiplayer. I had not dabbled with that, but that actually make, sounds like it could be it could have been fun. I mean, around the time it came out, I mean, you know, crack open a beer maybe and like 
yeah playing with your friends and just maybe. be just yell at each other in frustration <laughs> groovy i don't know yeah um it added some levels um there was like a level in this one that's missing we're not going to be talking about the earthworm gym hd version so no. we'll be covering those new levels but it had some uh some of those new levels had some co-op puzzles to solve and so as i mentioned there was a tv series that ran for like two years there were 23 episodes it had the voice talents of dan cast ah, dan castellaneta who is famous for being the voice of homer simpson he was the voice yep. of earthworm jim jim cummings um classic voice Pooh. actor yeah there, there there's some great I, I think that earthworm jim is is still pretty fun it is I, like as i mentioned it's very much a kid show and kind of roll your eyes at some of the jokes but i still think it is it holds up maybe but i'm very biased i'm sure you can find some clips on youtube maybe i'll have to give them a look yeah, I would. I feel like you got to watch like two full episodes again. They're like twenty minute episodes. Yeah they're, yeah, they're super short. But anyway, there's some yeah. So there's a toy line, um, and allegedly there's a new TV series coming out. Apparently, like two years ago, they said they were going to make a new TV series. I remember hearing about that, and then I forgot about it immediately until I read it again in preparation for this show. I don't know if I care if it happens. <laughs> I'll watch I, it if it does, but I don't need it to happen. I know if I care and I, I don't. And I know that I don't. <laughs> Fair. So it was well received at first. And it's kind of I feel like this kind of describes how we feel about it now as as other people feel about it now is it hasn't aged well. And we'll talk no. about why. Yeah. But um, so I'll, I'll read a brief plot overview from the wiki. Um, then we'll we'll kind of jump into the design of the game and then we'll we'll fly pretty quickly through the levels. The and levels. There's, there's yeah. a whole, not a lot to it. No. And basically what you'll need to know is what we're going to say about the general experience playing the game, because almost every single level is like this with a few exceptions. And those few exceptions are or one of those exceptions is my favorite level of the game. So I'm excited to hear that. Earthworm Jim was just an ordinary earthworm engaging in normal worm activities such as eating dirt, crawling and fleeing from hungry birds until one day wherein fate should happen to smile upon him and his life was changed forever. A fearsome bounty hunter named Psycho. Haha, was this will be a running theme. The names are like ten percent of you is like haha, that's clever, and the other ninety percent is like mm, that's pretty stupid. And as a kid, you're like totally in. I know yeah. that word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cygro was on route to deliver the ultra high tech and destructible super space cyber suit to Queen Slug for a butt, but got because butts funny because kids. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but got in a confrontation with another spaceship and lost the suit out of an airlock. This, this, this is really detailed for, for a, a summary. The oh, suit yeah. fell to Earth, landing on a farm somewhere in the southern United States. When fleeing from a hungry a, a flock of hungry crows, Jim took refuge in the mysterious suit. The suit's powerful atomic particles affected Jim's wormy flesh and caused him to grow and evolve at a fantastic rate. Upon discovering his newfound powers granted by the suit, he overhears Psycho talking to the Queen Slug for a butt and becomes interested in meeting the Queen's twin sister, Princess What's-Her-Name. Now. She didn't even get captured. He's just trying to see her. <laughs> he just wants but to meet here's, her. here's the thing. They're fraternal twins, right? They're not identical. <laughs> they look nothing alike. They do not. Yeah. Um, I was not aware that uh, Princess What's Her Name was the Queen's twin sister. Yeah, uh, okay. Queen Slug for a really got the raw end of that deal. Yeah, she really did. She does not look great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, Earthworm Jim is like a, an earthworm head in a like a white and blue 
like muscular super like an, suit. Well, kind of like an astronaut suit a little bit. Kind of. And like yeah. like a little t- like a big neck hole like meant for an actual human neck, but like so but there's this little worm sticking out and he's got big old eyes and a, and a big mouth. That's yeah. really, that's really it. And he's got this red uh plasma blaster. And it's very um it's very like 50s like pop pulp comic sci-fi like kind of looking gun and kind of vibe a little bit yeah and so he he can like you know whip himself we'll talk a little bit more about like the controls and stuff but like there's a there's a whole like bag of holding trope where he can pull things out of his backpack and he's like they got this gigantic rocket ship that he can pull out of a tiny backpack as a kid you love that stuff and you love those levels as a kid (laughs) or do you i mean not all of them because i clearly didn't play the whole game and yeah anyway so, yeah, this is a 2D, uh, 16-bit side-scrolling run-and-gun platformer. You're not just moving right. The levels have some verticality. Uh, you can move left as well. The level um, layout... What? I, I would just let me throw in that of course. the verticality of this game is was very surprising to me when yes. I went back to it. I was not at all expecting it to be as vertical as it was. It should not be. It shouldn't be, no. It, it adds to the frustration. If you didn't have it be vertical, it would be like almost half as less frustrating. Half as frustrating. Yeah, I would say so. Probably. Still frustrating. But the level layouts are primarily uh, platform-based. There's a lot of uh, jumping, climbing, and swinging. Uh, There are checkpoints. They're oddly placed. Yeah. And and also things can sometimes be very easy to miss. Yes, also true. Some levels have multiple parts. Um, Some will have kind of the gimmicks I just described, and others will have different gimmicks or just be comprised of like boss battles. And almost every level has a boss battle, if not every level, and some have mini bosses as well. And between each of the main levels uh, is a racing level called Andy Asteroids. We will talk about that yes. um, in a bit. So we kind of touched briefly on like what the general art style is. I mean, I would say it's surreal. It seems kind of just like... Uh, it's I don't know. It's so hard to I, saying it's so 90s doesn't really explain no. it, but it but it does at the same time to anyone who was alive at this time and a kid and watching cartoons. It's it's like if pulp sci fi comics had a baby with like 90s energy, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Um, uh, it's like you said, it's very surreal. Um, There's some poop humor, booger humor, but humor and also sure. just cows, like random animal stuff, pigs, which came first, Earthworm Jim or Boogerman, because Boogerman oh, is definitely a thing. Bo- Boogerman is a thing. And and I think also the same designers or the sorry, not the same designers, but the same uh, maybe the same developers interplay was the is this a that game. Is it, this a pre or a post Boogerman world? I think it actually came out the same year. Maybe wow. even around like the exact same time. Let me look it up. So there was there was definitely appetite for like toilet humor platformers at this point in time. So the gen so it came out for Genesis in 1994, and yeah, oh my gosh, like a month after Earthworm Jim. Dang. Crazy. Okay. This is. I mean, if you know what Boogerman is, Google Boogerman for yourself. This, I would say, the art style is definitely like cousin to Boogerman. Boogerman was was much more poorly received than earthworm Jim. I mean, I think Boogerman was like moderate reception at the time. And earthworm Jim was pretty positive. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, like cheese farts poop, but like not like overwhelming 
I would say to that degree. I mean, there's the word butt, like Queen's love for butt. That's yeah, that's it. I don't it's, even know why I said poop. It's not really maybe poop noises, but not it's that. just like low level, like childish humor in general. Yeah, like you might say, like if you still have any fondness for it, that you're a complete uh, idiot and a child. Would you say that? <laughs> I I have a little fondness for part of it. I'm just kidding. I was mainly making fun of myself. No, I but uh, yeah, so the moves are um, you can you can jump um, if you double tap or if you just rapidly tap in midair, um, you can helicopter. This seems like a very, very half-assed idea that is hardly ever used. In fact, it's only really it. used once. It's terrible. It. You yeah. fall too fast. It's like they just didn't even test it. No, um, you can shoot your plasma blaster, which is like a blaster with like a shitload of ammo. It's like a machine gun and a tiny gun, basically. It's kind of unclear when it's hitting, though, sometimes. Yes, it is. Sometimes you'll just aim it to the right and you'll destroy things that are on the ground. But sometimes yes. you'll aim it at directly at the ground and things won't get destroyed that yes. are out crawling on the ground. It's very inconsistent. You can whip your head, which is usually good for one shotting enemies. But and you can also use that to swing. Now, let's talk about swinging really quick. Um, the timing for swinging is insanely precise, and that is such a misstep. Yeah, I, I have yeah. in my notes, uh, I thought about this a while. Um, fuck swinging. Mm -hmm. That's all. It's, Just fuck it. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. If, so we'll, we should also mention, usually by now we would have mentioned this already, but maybe those who listen know us by now already. We play this on the, the Switch. We and sure it has did. a rewind feature, and we abused the shit out of that. I absolutely did. Yep. Yep. I never died. Actually, I only died once when I allowed myself to die because I was sick of, re like, restarting with low health or, like, rewinding to a part where I had low health. I did the same thing. And can I tell you, I rewound so many of the whip jumps. Oh, my gosh. That was the Ad vast nausea. majority of my, my rewinding. Horrible. H yeah. Horrible. You fall so fast. It, it, the, the, you, don't, you need to be able to be floaty a little bit. But you don't float really in this game. It's you just the like the angle at which the whip comes out and the hooks never feel like they're like meant to connect. Yep. Exactly. Yep. You fall way too fast. There's there's when you even when you think you have the timing down. Nope, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned the plasma blasters, like a ton of ammo, rapid shot. You can pick up more powerful burst shots. I think called me mega plasma, which are kind of just like. I don't know, like the noisy cricket and men in black. Yeah, but you can't you can't like switch to them. Like that's right. just your only you just gotta, choice at that moment. Exactly. I sometimes I would save them, even though there's really no point in saving them for a boss or anything. I would I would whip enemies and ho hold on to that ammo sometimes, but it, it honestly doesn't matter. But yeah, and some there's other mechanics we'll talk about that really kind of depend on what the level's gimmick is. Um, there's like a free falling level like boss fight. There's like a bungee jumping boss fight. We'll talk about those. And this we'll is, talk about some of those mechanics too. Like, are they half baked or not? And the answer is usually, yeah, they're, they're half baked. Yeah. So there are ammo pickups, uh, extra live pick uh, life pickups, um, and and health pickups. Um, health is like percentage based. Certain traps or enemies will do like insane amounts of damage, whereas other ones will do like very tiny amounts of damage. It's very, yeah, I don't understand that. It's very strange to me. It's very odd. Some of the hitboxes are weird because it is a '90s platformer. And really the only like only Nintendo seemed to get it right now. Yes, I'm going to say Sonic even has odd hitboxes sometimes. Sonic does. Listen, Sonic's got a lot of weird shit going on, but we still love him anyway. We do. We'll yeah. do Sonic 2 soon. Yeah. 
and yeah, so the health is picked up in the form of these like atom balls, which restores about 4% of your health up to 100. Um, there are no health bars for bosses is something no. I wrote down, which is very annoying. It for is times annoying. where I'm like, there's only two ways I can attack. Are either of them working? Working. Yes. There were multiple mini, like mini bosses and bosses where I just kept attacking and was like, am I not hitting them? Like, yep. is this not effective? Like, is there a gimmick I need to be using that I'm not? And the answer is always no. The bosses just have a lot of health. Yeah. Yeah. Let's fly through these levels. Yeah, really quickly. Can we just talk about the sound design a little bit? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, it's really bad. <laughs> you don't um, like the, like you don't like the music or like no, the, no, the, the sound the, effects. The music is fine. The music is fine. I mean, it's like it's nothing to write home about. Yeah. Um, but the actual sound design and mixing, I think, is terrible. So like the, yes. the sound effects and the, the shrieks and chirps and yells and especially from Jim, like they're way too loud. They sound really farty. Yeah. Um, they're very they oppressive. Just, yeah. It just like it, they, the mix pops noise, like this really unpleasant noise. And I hate it. Yeah. Throughout the entire game. I generally agree with you. Yeah. I just wanted to mention that because I noticed it and I hated it. I'm glad you mentioned it. I didn't have yeah. a note on it, but I definitely agree with you. Yeah. So first level is called new junk city. It is just like a giant junkyard planet. There are these crow enemies. They're like, there's assortment of like, zip lines and toilets <laughs> other things you, you there's a part where you launch a cow with a fridge which seems which, like it as nothing until the very end of the game yes yes which is strongly implied that that cow is the same cow you see at the end of the game which we'll I come back to there's a mini boss called billy the bin it is this anthropomorphic robot with tires for arms trash can for a body and a lamp for a head kind of like just Runs around back and forth, makes garbage fall on you, stomps the ground, transforms this into a is, car, tries to ram you. Yeah, this is definitely one mini boss where I was like, "Is is that, are my weapons doing anything? Yeah. Am I actually causing damage?" Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the boss is Chuck, who is just kind of this like, was he just like an overweight, like a redneck, like, redneck guy? Yeah. yeah. He si he sits on this crane, launches projectiles at you. Mainly, he like regurgitates trout. Yeah, that's the kind of game this is. Yeah, and you defeat them by the whipping these crates onto the spring uh, to time that um, properly, you know, and, and so that they launch launch up at him. Yeah. So, as um, we mentioned, you want to talk about Andy asteroids? As we mentioned, this is like a level that appears between each one of the main levels. Yeah, I can do that. I just like to throw something in about New Junk City as well. Um, I was thinking about it. Again, I've been thinking about Earthworm Jim a lot lately. Clearly. And I was thinking about New Junk City, and um, you're doing basically the entire moveset of Earthworm Jim immediately. Like, you are jumping, you are shooting, you are killing enemies, you are climbing along ropes, you are whipping to break the fridge, or to yeah. make the fridge drop. That's so much. Like, you're not eased into any of the mechanics of this game the yep. way that, like, a Mario game will do. Like Mario will first have you jump and jump in a safe setting or jump on an enemy and then jump over a gap and then do crazy. You know what I mean? Like, and then it'll add maybe the fire flower. Like it doesn't give you everything right off the bat and then expect yeah. you to know what you're doing. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's weird. Cause it's such a simple game, but yet is a pain in the ass. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's simple in the sense that there's really not that many moves. No, but, but yet uh, it manages to make that complicated. It manages to like trip over itself because it's expecting you to do everything you can possibly do right out of the gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Andy asteroids. So they're between every level, which uh, I think you mentioned. Yeah. So uh, the way it works is there's this camera that follows behind Jim. As we said, he has his trusty rocket that he keeps in his pocket. Didn't even mean that to rhyme. Um, he's rocketing through this kind of wormhole, collecting items and avoiding asteroids. So you can win or you can lose. If you win, you get a little victory dance. Jim is very happy. But if you lose, you have to fight Psycho on an asteroid. And it's pretty easy. He just flies around and he shoots hooks at you. It's very easy. But it becomes more difficult. So there's like, for example, more asteroids as the game goes on. Now, there are things you can collect. Did I fully understand what these things were as oh, I was collecting? Not them? at all. No. I didn't no, either I didn't. until I looked it up. So, yeah, the blue bubbles are fuel pods uh, to gain extra life or collect them all to get a container. It's one of those classic things, though, where they, the game, it, no game would tell you all this kind of stuff, though. I, I'm going to forgive it for that. Like, this is clearly something you you need to look at, like, the, the little booklet for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you collect the atomic accelerator, which is just a little icon to get this, like, huge burst of speed. And you can collect an asteroid shield that lets you smash asteroids and ram psychro. So um, what I'll just I'll just say two things. One, if you're collecting the fuel pods and you're avoiding the asteroids, you really never need to ram Psycho. Never. Yeah, never. <laughs> two, this has at least to me big again Sonic 2, Sonic 2 um, oh, yeah. secret stage level vibes. Extremely. Yeah. What were you going to say? So two things. One, I never fought Psycho this time, but I remember fighting him a lot as a kid. Uh, I never lost. And one of the reasons for that is I remembered when I was a kid that. I, so when I was a kid, I was just moving left and right the whole time. You okay. can you can go faster by holding a button down. I'm almost positive. How oh, you can just go a little bit faster. I don't I don't think I ever like I it was like never close. I always beat Psycho. Like it wasn't like it, it. We were never neck and neck, except at the very, very beginning. I I could have sworn you. I could swear you go faster if you hold a certain button down. You're probably right, but if your reflexes are good too, and you just you know, like I said, avoid the asteroids. It's not yeah. really May, maybe. I just that's something that like I carried over from as a kid that I just convinced myself was a thing, but actually isn't. So possible. I didn't actually fact check myself on that, but I just remember yes. that's how I felt as a kid. And that's how I felt doing this. And I could have sworn that there was a noticeable difference when I pressed like the Y button or something. Anyway. Well, I hope you like doing it because you'll do it between every level for some reason. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's mindless. It's really yeah. not. It's whatever. So the next level is called What the Heck? It takes place on planet Heck, which is a kind of like a mixture of a, it's like an all cheese planet, but it's also this fiery hell like planet it is the home yes. of evil the cat. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's fire traps. There's these little, like, green teleportation crystals that you have to, like, run on to get them to move or teleport you somewhere, which, which is, is annoying. Which is really unclear, too, before Incredibly. you know that. And then, you, and yes. the, you know, it's one of those things where you try to run on it and it doesn't work. And you think, yes. oh, that's not what I was supposed to do. And you fall down. And then you have to climb back up, usually swing or do some annoying platforming again. And, yeah, at least there's no dolphins. There's no dolphins, but there's well, we'll get to them. But there's a cute little snowman. Yeah. Again, I just just worth saying, like Echo the Dolphin is one of the worst games ever made. It's not great. No. <laughs> and probably will be the reigning worst game we've done for this show. I, I, it, I, it I is think so we'd far, be, it would be sure. a real challenge to find a game that we both want to do that will be worse. 
why did we even do it? Do you remember? <laughs> I don't. It might have been my idea. I might need to take the blame for it. I, or my, I don't, it, there might have been a like, been equal my, energy yeah. of like, I ne- I wanted to play it because I had never really, I'd never played more than a couple levels. And you also were like that. And you were a Genesis boy. And so I think you had yeah, that added true. interest. Too. I did have some fondness for him as, you know, as a child, but I've since outgrown it. Anyway, um, we could do a whole nother episode on how terrible that game is, but let's we, not. We shan't. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's a mini boss um, there. Uh, Rusty the Snowman, which is he just kind of warps around and breathes fireballs at you. Really well animated, though. I yeah, pretty, say. pretty well animated. Yeah. Uh, the, the final boss is Evil the Cat uh, in that fight. Like Jim uses loses his super suit and you have to like get it back. And then there'll be the sequence where evil will kind of like fly at you from the background and you need to react in time to shoot him where he appears. And it, I felt like such an idiot. I was like, how many times do I have to do this? And then it was nine. And I was like, Oh, God, cause he has the number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we should mention the part with the, without the super suit, you're basically jumping to avoid like explosions that he's sending your way. Yeah. And he kind of knocks himself out by breaking the support that's holding him up. But again, because these bosses have no health bars, I had no idea what I was doing. I just kept jumping to avoid the bombs and yeah. didn't didn't even realize that that was what I was supposed to be doing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I, I forgot to mention that they're like some of the enemies are like lawyers and bankers in addition to demons, which is funny. Yeah. Lawyers like people who deserve to be in hell. um anyway i noticed that uh the song a night on bald mountain plays in this level so uh, what what yeah a night on bald mountain is the background music for this level is it really like they just plagiarized it or it's it's public domain oh right oh fantasia right because yeah it people may remember that song from fantasia um, but you know, all the songs from Fantasia are public domain music. That's right. Yeah. You're right. So that's a fun little tidbit. Very odd. Um, um let's talk about are you ready to talk about down the tube? I sure am. That's my favorite level of the game. Wow. Okay. Do tell. Yeah, I I well, okay. Maybe it's because it was my favorite one as a kid, uh, because I really liked the underwater kind of design to it. You're in this, I like the, I like the aesthetic of it. I do. You're in you're in this underwater base on La Planeta La Planeta de Agua. My Spanish. I haven't spoken Spanish in a while. Arriba, which is what they say every time that uh that line is said in the show. And I guess Arriba. in this game too. Uh the is the lair of Bob the Killer Goldfish. And it is pa- basically two sections. The first section is varied. The second section might be the reason you hate it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I and the so I will admit I had an easier time with this because I did this level a million times as a kid and remembered that. Uh, well, I'll get to it in a second. So the first section is a lot more platforming involved, um, but it's also mercifully not wide open. It's very linear. So thank yeah. God for that. So there's these little like tiny kitten guards and these giant muscular mutant cats will both of which when they catch you will do some damage to you and throw you back a little bit. Um, and to kind of avoid them, to avoid the mutant cats, you have to j- jump grab onto the ceiling to and kind of like lift your butt up to avoid them as they walk under you. I don't know how they don't see you, but whatever. They're walking like big old tough boys too. They are. Uh, they remind me of like the big hulking muscular um, Kremlin in, in Donkey Kong Country. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Very much like that. And 
Um, the others, you, there's like there's a hamster for some reason, and you, have, you can release it and ride it, and and if you hit a button, it will chomp these kitten guards. Another one of those things where the game does not tell you that you hit yeah. a button to to chomp as this hamster, but whatever. And there are a couple submarine sections which where I think you get about thirty seconds worth of air, and what you have to do with the submarine is kind of like hold the button down to to kind of jet propel yourself through the water. But if you run into walls, you will crack the glass. If you do that enough, you'll die automatically. And there will be these oxygen air pumps, some out in the open and some hidden, um, to to give yourself some more oxygen oxygen to reset your timer. Now, the second section of the level is called Tube Race. It is almost entirely a submarine section. You get 100 seconds this time, but it is not enough time to get to the other side. Now, if you take the critical path, which what looks like the only path, you will not find other air. You will not. Uh, there are two hidden air pumps, one halfway through and another near the end. I knew where those were by some miracle of deja vu because I had not played this game in a long time. I just found them like instantly. But I then I thought to myself, and I almost texted you. I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't. I was like, oh, man, if Aaron does not find these, I did not. Find he's them. going to lose his mind. <laughs> I didn't find them. I did complete this, though, and it, it wasn't quite as. It was oh, bad. you did! You really did! You bad. completed it without getting them. Yeah. Did you just restart the entire section and just so, basically blast your way through and get good at not bumping into walls? What I would basically do is this was my method. I would start, and then any wrong movement, like of the controller, the wrong amount of pressure on the A button to shoot the like sub forward, bumping into anything, I would immediately rewind. Wow! Like those two seconds until every literal second was perfect. Um, it was very annoying. And I was thinking about it the whole time. And I'm like, the only way this is possible is using the rewind feature. Like if I was a little kid and I was doing this, I would have to do it 10 million times. So I wasn't aware that there was, I wasn't aware that there was hidden air. I, oh my God, I pro this is probably where I gave up when I played this game as a kid. I'm sure it must've been. So I remember making it like a couple levels after this as a kid. But yeah, I I I liked I, I liked this level as a kid, and it made it easy for me to do it this time. But I get it. I I told, I was not expecting you to like also love this level or anything like that. Yeah, I didn't. Like I appreciate that it's not like a visual overload where you have no idea where you can go and what's a platform, what's not, and what you can climb, what you can't. Yeah, it is. It's it's cool for a you know for an underwater layer. I think it looks kind of cool. So yeah. Um. <laughs> And then the boss is Bob the Killer Goldfish. It's not a boss fight. You just whack him off this platform and he, the bowl falls to the ground and he just flops around. Yeah. It's funny. And next we get a level that like is nothing but a boss fight. Yeah. What do you think of this? It's not a yeah, problem. It's not a problem. So this is a three-phase boss fight and there's no like preamble. You're just kind of thrown into it. Yeah. Uh, you're jumping up in, or you're bungee jumping up and down along with the boss, Major Mucus. Uh, you can three guesses what Major Mucus looks like, everybody. <laughs> um, whoever's bungee cord breaks first loses. And so you want to like you want to attack by bashing into Major Mucus into the walls to weaken his rope. But you want to avoid his attacks. You're it's really hard to kind of control your height and like moving side to side as you're bungee jumping. Yeah, so it makes it really difficult and tricky to like line up shots and especially to knock him into the wall. Then in the second and third phases, there's like this crocodile monster at the bottom. And so if you get too close to it as you're shooting down, not only will Major Mucus potentially damage you, um, but this guy will just straight up eat you. Yeah. So again, one of those things that mm -hmm. as a little kid, 
I would have played this 10 million times, probably. I did. Until I beat it. <laughs> I definitely did. I, I wonder about if, that. I I mean, I, I it's just there was no indicator, and I noticed this even as a kid. Like, there's no indicator for how like well your rope is doing. I mean, visually there is, but like you don't. There were times where I'm like, I don't even know if I'm making any progress, and it's not wasn't even clear to me that I don't think you can just whack him. I think you have to whack him into the wall. You in do order have to, to whack him it, into the wall in order, in order to get it to to his rope to his snot rope to to untangle or whatever. What's really bizarre to me now that I think about it is I'm almost positive that Major Mucus's bungee cord has a health bar. It, I Do think you remember it health. Well, I mean, there's a visual indication of like it like getting thinner. But are you are you saying there's something in addition to that? Is isn't it like off to the side on the right? It shows you. Oh God, there might it might have been. I, <laughs> I think just so. didn't notice. I, I think it off to the right it shows you like the thinness of his bungee cord, like in a fixed spot on the screen. So again, why does he get seemingly like a health bar and none of the other bosses do? Hmm. Don't care. I don't know. Um, next level is called level five. And it is the space laboratory of Professor Monkey Furhead, who made your suit, as we mentioned. Yeah. Um also three guesses what he looks like. Yeah. Very space laboratory vibes, obviously. There's a like a giant ray gun or telescope in the background. And like the enemies, there's these like electronic like or electric like Tesla coils that will zap you. There's these mutant brains and eyeballs. There's like a section where there's this cage that will like you have to stand in and like shoot projectiles coming at you from one of eight directions. Yeah. And try not to die. I did die, or like or I would have, or for the rewind. <laughs> Um, there's a there's a section where Jim is out of his super suit. There's these like sp the spinning fan blade that if you get caught in, it'll separate you from your suit. I thought that was kind of clever. The suit will be I, on this like bottom conveyor belt and you have to avoid these obstacles on a separate conveyor until you can get back. I was surprised that it took the game this long to do something like that. I know, right? Yeah. There should have been a little bit more of that. Uh, Professor Monkey for a head himself pairs multiple times so at the level he'll like his monkey part will like hang from a zip wire and his human part will like throw acid at you. And you just kind of shoot him and make him run away. There's a mini boss and a boss, same enemy, Robo Chicken. Uh, the mini yeah. boss is 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 just like a standard, like running around, shoot him with with a gun. It's a chicken in a mechanical suit. It will like have this electric prod. It'll lay these exploding eggs. You just kind of, or actually, you're not just shooting him. You're whipping a target to drop yeah. these exploding amoebas on him. Yeah, it's like a like a shoot that when you whip it, it opens and drops. Yeah, and then the boss fight, the final boss fight, you're just free falling the whole time, and you have to just shoot it a bunch of times. It will release these exploding feathers in a bomb. So this is bullshit. Yeah, this is bullshit. I did not realize that all you had to do is shoot him because it took forever again, and I just didn't think that was the right thing to do. And I'm like, saw he was releasing a bomb, so I was trying to get him to drop the bomb, and then I was trying to lure him to the underneath his own bomb so he'll get blown up it didn't know you could deflect it back at him again all it is is just a damage thing you just got to shoot him yeah and that's it yeah but again you're falling and it's really difficult to manage how fast you're falling up and down with moving left and right let alone aiming to hit this chicken and then you have to do it for fucking forever because yeah. it has tons of health Ugh. yeah it was it was frustrating um, there is a hidden teleporter in the level that will take you to a very short secret level. Did you do the secret level? I did not get the secret level, no. Um, it is called Who Turned Out the Lights. It's kind of just like a subsection of level five. It's very short. It's like mostly dark. You can only see Jim's eyes and the eyes of these enemies. There's a couple lights that you can kind of like, that will kind of like show you where 
you need to go to next. Eventually, you'll run into this giant pair of eyes that like you makes you scream, and then you just need to like run away from that thing until you get to the exit. Hmm. That's kind of fun. Yeah. What'd you think of the next level for Pete's sake? Uh, this was one of actually the levels that I kind of enjoyed. I I thought this level honest. was a little what was probably my second favorite level. Yeah. Um. Should we talk about it? Yeah. Go ahead. So the gimmick of this. So this reminds me of the Rocco's Modern Life game, which I never played, <laughs> but I have heard and like read things about. So I think the idea of that was like you're doing essentially what you're doing here, which is the gimmick is. Uh, Peter the puppy is walking obliviously forward and you have to protect him from falling into pits or getting hit by enemies or meteor showers. So if he does get hit, he transforms into this big mutant. He does damage to you and throws you back, but you can get him to cross gaps by whipping him. You can get him to stop and duck by shooting him. So basically he's moving along and you are kind of manipulating either him or the environment around him so that he can safely continue on. Yeah. So there's things like flying saucers that'll use tractor beams that'll make you, you know, unable to do anything. You will run um, off a cliff and you'll have to rewind. <laughs> exactly. Um, you can shoot or whip tentacles so they won't grab Peter. And then you have the option of whether you want to finish this a level a bit early or take an advanced route for extra lives. Um, I finished early. <laughs> I'll give you a guess as to what I did. I know what you did. <laughs> yeah, to the I, always, route. I always know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is this? Gotta yeah. do it. Yeah. And then we uh, get the the infamous level that is not in the SNES. Yeah, this level sucks. Like visually yeah, it sucks. It it just sucks complete ass. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that cuz it's called intestinal dist- <laughs> distress. Yes. It takes place in the guts of some giant creature, unclear. Uh there's these giant like fish, like flying fish, like pill bugs uh rolling or bouncing gut balls uh it's just like is this this is one of the like epitomes of what's a platform what's not swing around oh i missed that fall away down come climb back up it's it's just annoying um this level and the last level i feel like are unfinished what do you think about that completely agree i was about to say this level and then the next level the last level if i had made it to these levels as a kid would not have beaten them Oh no, no. Just too hard. Like they're they're the I some of like the whole like ra- the like the gut balls that are rolling down at you and you have to jump and avoid them. Like I don't think it is actually possible to do that. I don't think so either without getting hit. Because I would rewind a million times sometimes and they would still hit me basically yep. no matter what. Yep. Um also there is a spot here that is it's a whip sh- whip spot and I don't oh, know yeah. if you hit the same one. But I was stuck on it for like 10 real life minutes i i think i think i know what you're talking about is it where you have to do two whips in a row uh no this is just one okay but it's it was horrible (laughs) yeah i I probably did i mean i got stuck at a lot of whip parts uh i remember doing ones that were two in a row but it was just one that got me Hmm. ah yeah um but yeah tell us about doc duodenum doc duodenum is this anthropomorphic organ who hops around the, the arena and splits, spits out bile at you. And guess what? You shoot him. And he, or and, whip him. And he dies eventually. Yeah. So the final level is called Buttville. Ha ha. Of course. Butts. It is the home of Queen Slug Verbutt, whose full name, I don't remember if they say it in the like booklet of the, of the game, or if it's just I know this from the show, but her full name is Queen Pulsating, Bloated, Festering, Sweaty, Pus-Filled, Malformed Slug Verbutt. 
yep. which again, as a kid, hilarious. Uh, the whole level is made of thorns and spikes, uh, and the thorns do a lot of damage, like 40% damage. Yep, but don't worry, you will be propelling through an entire <laughs> level full of them. So I'll, 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 this, is, this is definitely a brag. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like it's not. So the first section, you the whole thing is you are propeller, propeller falling through an entire area full of spikes. You cannot land on the ground until you get to the bottom. I did this without replaying. I don't know. Something came over me. I got possessed and I just nailed it the first time. Well done. I certainly did not get this the first time. I, I, I just was like, I don't know. I'm like, I, I landed. I'm like, how did that happen? <laughs> what what just <laughs> happened? Uh, I almost texted you like right then. I was like, did you do the spike part yet? Well, and again, like in another game, like in Hollow Knight, doing something like that would have felt so good because totally. like, again, the game like gave you the tools to pull that off. Here, you just feel like this shaking, like sense of relief that you did it. Yeah, and there's like a there's similar gimmicks in like Donkey Kong Country and yeah. Donkey Kong Country Two specifically, and like Celeste has something like this kind of like it, you know, it's it's not for this type of game. It just doesn't work. No. Um, second section is just kind of like more thorns everywhere. A lot of swinging, oh. small platforms, a lot of swinging. There are these enemies on these little small platforms that will kill you in one hit. Also, with the swinging, it's a lot of, like, swing one direction, turn around, swing back the other direction. You, like, like, see the little structure, and you're like, oh, oh son of a bitch. Yes. I, oh. Like, it's obvious what it is, and but it doesn't make it any more palatable. No, no. Yeah. So the mini boss is named J. Alfred Maggot. Didn't now, know that until I looked it up. Here's the thing about both the mini boss and the boss. Does anything about their, like, sprite or their introduction or anything really tell you that it's either a mini boss or the actual last boss no. of the game. No, not at all. Nothing. Like they they do a bad job with that. It, I'm glad you brought that up. Like there's no like pomp and circumstance to them or you know what I mean? Like there's no flashiness. There's nothing. No. It's just kind of gross stuff. Like especially like the queen slug for a bug like I had no idea I was in the last boss fight. I did just because that was like the main villain in the TV show. But oh, okay. I I wouldn't have known if I were you. Yeah. Um so the the mini boss fight is like basically they're just fighting the queen's egg sack, which is weird. You're just on these moving platforms in the bottom. This is a conveyor moving left kind of. And more and more of the platforms will turn into spikes. The more damage you do to the boss and you just kind of jump around and shoot him and try to avoid the spikes. Yeah. Final boss fight is just this thorn filled chamber. I actually never took any damage because if you just sh have a shitload of ammo like I did and just shoot her constantly, she can't release these yes. like bug enemies. So you yes. just kind of go around in a circle and just shoot her constantly again, again. So long. You don't know if you're doing the right thing. It's a final boss fight. Exactly. So I was like, maybe you do have to do something different because it's the final boss. Nope. I, yeah, I just figured I had to keep going like this and that she was another mini boss. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> she just died and the, the, the final sequence started. Yep. Uh, I read that you can kill her in one hit with a with a whip. I don't know if that's true. Didn't try it. Didn't try it. The final sequence, yeah, uh, you see Princess What's her name standing there, and she's a she's a she's a catch. <laughs> she does there. not look like Queen Slug for a bunch. She does not. Um, she's making sitting making eyes at you at the edge of a cliff, which is not a good place to be. And as you approach, a cow falls on her. Apparently, the cow that you launch in the first level. And crushes her, and then the rocky platform she's on falls into the lava or whatever it is, and Jim takes her gold crown and leaves. 
Groovy. Groovy. Oh man, we did like almost like two episodes recently where groovy is a catchphrase. I think we just have to stop now. Yeah. Just end the podcast. Or only do games where groovy appears. True. Yeah. Um, all right. What works about Earthworm Jim? Um, I would Earthworm say like James. the art style I, I like, even though it lends itself to some very confusing levels. So I'm just going to say like an isolation, like the general kind of surrealist art style, um, the character design I enjoy as well for the most part. And the nostalgia it gives me, which is not really a compliment to the game, just kind of it's just associated with it. And that's kind of it. How about you? Yeah, I like some of the concepts of the levels, but just the concepts, not the actual like nuts and bolts of playing them. And um like as a concept, Earthworm Jim, again, like the worm and the suit being separate entities, I feel like they could have done more with that. And I mm-hmm. don't know if they do in the sequels. I, I, I so. don't remember. I remember there are a little more puzzles, but I don't know. Um, so I thought that that's like a, at least a clever conceit that you could separate, you know, Earthworm Jim from his suit and do things with that. Yeah, um, that's it. That's all that works so for our next episode. Earthworm Jim 2. Oh, no, no. Earthworm Jim 3D. Let's yeah. just cut straight to oh, the my God, no. Yeah. But if it doesn't work, pretty much everything else. Um, everything else. We mentioned like the level is the level like layouts are bad. Um, the mechanics are not don't do not work very well. It is not as polished of a game. Like it looks like a more polished game than it is. And which fu- what's funny is I would say this probably of, of like there's like Mario and Sonic and then there's the rest. Actually, if you ask me, there's Mario and then there's Sonic and then there's and the rest. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, like Mario and like Donkey Kong, like Nintendo and then Sonic and then the rest. This is probably at the top of the the rest pile. It is. But that's not saying a whole lot. No, it really isn't. I think one of the one of the issues, too. And I again, I was thinking about Super Mario World. I was also thinking about Mega Man, although Mega Man was NES. But I mean, even Mega Man uh, 7 on Super Nintendo. Um I was thinking about those games and what they do that Earthworm Jim doesn't. And one of the things they do so well is like super precise, tight platforming. And I only think that's possible when you can fully see and understand where and what the platforms are. Mm-hmm. And I think the overdrawn art style of Earthworm Jim, at least in this game, like it's hard to see the exact edges of certain platforms. Like it's hard to know exactly where you're going to whip. Like yeah. it doesn't give you like very clean, crisp, like areas of engagement, I guess you would say. I think Donkey Kong Country one, well, actually, all the Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Country games have this problem a tiny bit, um, but nothing as bad as like Earthworm Jim and a lot of these other like also rans, like you said, like yeah. the rest. Yep. Did that make any sense? No, it did. Okay. Basically, what we're trying to say is like the rest doesn't work. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. Um. So, how would this work as a film? I might as I, I gotta say I didn't really engage with this because it already exists as a cartoon. So maybe yeah. just give me a uh a, a movie version of this that isn't as like rapid fire annoying kids jokes as the TV show can get at sometimes. Like you know, I don't know. It, I I don't really I can I, it was really hard for me to think about this. As, I, as a movie, knowing that I the cartoon exists. Yeah, I just had one like celebrity pop into my mind that would play Earthworm Jim. And one, I immediately knew that that would be true, that this person would play him. 
Two, it would mean I would never, ever want to see the movie or see it. So you Three, could... <laughs> that person is Seth Rogen. He would oh play Oh, my God. No, I would hate that. Right? But he would. Like, now that I've said it out loud, I've spoken it into existence, and I feel like it will happen. You're right. I hope yeah. not. I hope it's Dan Castanella, uh, because he does a good job in the TV show. And he's he's still around. He's still do, doing great work. He is. He is. Um, would you want to live in, no. in the, the earthworm gym? It, it's world? so surreal and like it's just kind of like a like a what do you call it? Like a smorgasbord of absurdity and kids' jokes that it's like impossible to even get a gauge on what this world is. Even though Earth does exist, I mean the show takes place on Earth and other planets. I mean, there's like super cool technology, but I also don't want like Queen Slug for a butt to exist. Yeah, the same. Even though she's pretty silly and stupid. She's got she's a classic like dumb villain. Yeah. I mean, they're all dumb villains, but except kind of Professor Monkey for a head, but his monkey's dumb. So anyway, um, let's go to fan fiction corner. Um, there's not a lot. For no, n- not a lot. I was curious to see what you found. I only found one thing worth like remotely mentioning. It's called Earthworm Kim 3D. <gasps> Okay, I found that too. Okay, you you talk about it then. Well, and I also there was like a I saw I got excited because I saw there was like there were like two crossovers. I didn't re- know what one of the fran or one of the IP was, but the other was Resident Evil Five, and my eyes like lit up. And then it was stupid. So I then even... we then we found the exact same two because yeah. those are the two that I found. Yeah, tell us um, about Earthworm Kim. Earthworm Kim 3D. Um, I'm just gonna read the intro, uh, like the description. Because it gives you everything you could possibly want. Please do. Um, Now in no dimensions, less frustration, more story. Kim is a suppressed personality living in Jim's head. When Jim suffers a serious brain injury from a falling cow, it's up to Kim to put his mind back together again on hiatus due to lack of interest. There it is. There's the kicker. (laughs) More people should put that. If the thing is, if more people put that, that would be at the end of like every summer. Yes. And then it's I wouldn't the have to part. read. It's the best part because it's it's multiple things at once. It's it's just being fair and giving you a warning. And there's also this real tinge of judgment to it. Like yeah. if there were more interest, I would have continued this and it's your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one, the Resident Evil 5 one, it's called No More Sega Before Bed. And essentially it's just what if Chris Redfield like played too much Earthworm Jim and had a weird dream. So stupid. That's it. Yeah. I couldn't believe there was no like Sonic the Hedgehog or Kingdom Hearts crossover. Very shocked. Very, but very shocked. What are you going to do? Yeah. I, I can't say that this warrants for fan fiction. And I think it's because of it's just nature of being all over the place and kind of embracing all towards like sorts of like surrealist jokes. It makes it hard for me. Like I almost it almost like too easily lends itself to fan fiction does that make any sense? Like, it, like that's a reason it shouldn't exist. I like it doesn't well, add I, anything to. I don't. It. I don't know what the. I don't know what Earthworm Jim is like as a property. Yeah, like, I, I don't know enough about it to even say. Like, if you had an Earthworm Jim fan fiction that was about interdimensional raccoons stealing people's gold, 
like would that fit in with the earthworm gym world i mean I yes feel like it yes might. it would i mean because you, you got to watch like the tv show and just see how all over the place it is and like okay. absurd i mean there's some of it like a lot of the villains in this game appear in the show and there's also a dish di- like there's evil jim you know because everyone's got to have an evil twin there's like it's just it's just kooky and i just I feel like the it are the fan fiction already exists and it's kind of like the show, even though it's not actually fan fiction. I don't know if you're gonna do fan fiction. If I had my own, I would put Earthworm Jim in a extremely serious situation, like have him be one <laughs> of like the members of a bank heist, or like have it be like Reservoir Dogs crossover, but Earthworm Jim is in it instead of Mister Brown. Okay, I like that. Like put him in an absurdly serious situation where the rest of the world isn't absurd, and he's the only absurd thing in it. Like, or like him as a bumbling fool in like a noir story. Sure. Yeah. Him as like a private eye. Yeah. Every, like everyone else is eye. like completely serious. Yeah. yeah. I, I could see that working. Yeah. That would be mine, I guess. Sure. To, to completely steal yours. No, you didn't really steal it. <laughs> mine is the noir, I guess. You added it. Yeah. 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 Um, that was Earthworm James. It sure was. Yeah. Um, what a game. What a pile of shit. Yeah. Uh, what have you been up to? <laughs> um, I finished Path of Radiance. Fire Emblem Path of you Radiance. did, finally. I'm, I'm free of it. I'm done. Yeah. Um, I've been pretty addicted to Slay the Spire. It's pretty great, right? It is pretty great. Uh, it is uh, no monster train, as we have said. It isn't, but it is pretty damn addictive. I get why it is so famous. And let's see. I've been watching Demon Slayer, keeping up with One Piece. Um... Still reading Dune, slowly making my way through it. Um, near the near the betrayal part, yes. which obviously you're meant to see coming. Yes, because it tells you. Uh, it's almost at that point. And let's see. Um, Rand and I rewatched Jaws last night. Such a great oh, movie. in anticipation Dan- of the Meg Two, I assume. No anticipation in anticipation of the Fourth of July. Okay. That and also, we sense. were we were at Sea World over the weekend. Very nice. What was your favorite? Tell us a little bit more about SeaWorld. What was your favorite thing there? Uh, the orcas. That was yeah. my favorite thing when I went there when I was younger. Uh, orcas are just so cool. I Fair hope they enough. keep ramming boats. I was going to say, how do you feel about the unimaginable cruelty of keeping them captive? <laughs> <laughs> I did you know, the, the thought had crossed my mind more than once. Trust me. Um, let's see what I've, I've been up to. Uh, I watched The Flash. Uh, Edgar and I went and saw that with our friend Gabriel. Haven't seen it yet. Um, I will. I will refrain from speaking about it, other than to say, um, yeah, I will not say anything about it. I will wait until you have seen it. But okay. it is a movie I have now seen. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, what else? Oh, upon your recommendation, I started playing Near Automata or Automata. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I did have to put it down. No, I didn't have to. I just set it down for a moment. Um, but I am currently uh, at the carnival, I believe. Yes, the amusement park. Yes, the amusement park. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm loving the story and where it's going. And there's already twists and things that I was like, I did not expect that to happen. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to play more. Um, and then what else have I been up to? I got a new book. Um, it's called Fractal Resonance. Um, it's by Chris Paolini, who wrote To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. And this is like a prequel spinoff. That name sounds familiar. Uh, he wrote the Aragon books. Oh, yeah, I knew it. You were burying the lead. <laughs> I 
was. <laughs> I'm listen. I'm a big Paulini head. Okay, I read all the Aragon books. I like them. Yeah, but he's clearly out- you're ashamed because you didn't mention the Aragon books. He's coming out. <laughs> did you know he's coming out with a sequel Aragon book all about Murtog that's coming out later this year? <laughs> means nothing I to me. I I never I never read those books. My brother had them. You're like like a Dave Matthews Band fan who's afraid to admit that they're a Dave Matthews Band fan. <laughs> I that's most Dave Matthews Band fans are that way. That's true. Um, but yeah, so I've been reading that. Um, did I say fractal resonance? It's fractal noise. Oh, you Fra- said fractal, fractal noise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just plugging away at that and uh, living life. Yep. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, the Grinch. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs>